Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through it again! Oh, he just can't do it! You just cannot be that good! That is an amazing goal! I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? We are back with another episode of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga and, of course, Champions League. We have a host of topics for you today. Fuck, no, topics, I didn't like that. We have a host of topics for you today, but with me as always, a man who is about as English as tea and crumpets, it's Billy. Oh, I had those for breakfast yesterday, actually. <laughs> you just, you just make the cliche. Just <laughs> I can't help it. Quintessentially British. But that's right. We have a whole host of topics for you this week. We're going to be talking Brentford and their seemingly unstoppable start to their first ever Premier League season. We're going to take a look at Man City versus Liverpool and that thrilling two-all draw. Then in the Bundesliga, we're going to talk Bayern's first loss of the season to Eintracht Frankfurt. And we've also got a new wonder kid on the horizon in 19-year-old Karim Adeyemi. Who is he and where will he end up when he leaves RB Salzburg? Where do you want to start? I want to say we started with the Premier League last week, didn't we? I think we did. So it's only fair that we start with Germany this week. Oh, exactly. Well, I mean, you reported on it and I got to, I got to produce the uh, uh, in-house highlights, or at least I saw them get produced and I had, a, and I had a, uh, some fun times. Do you know what the worst bit was? The, it was um, one, of, one of my friends at work who was actually making the highlights. He's also a Bion fan. So he had to do the highlights and to write the text for it and everything. For the for the highlights, which was a depressing job to say the least. And then I had a, and then he was like, "Yeah, have a look at this, just to make sure." And I was just like, "Oh, do I really have to?" But enough of the anecdotes from work for me. That was a shit show. You just have to say that uh, that this is the first time that uh, Nagelsmann probably had a little bit of a eh, game as man like manager because I mean you know you, you subbed on Zavitsa for Zulet right back. No, that's not how that works. That's not how you can you can take a winger by all means. Take I don't know a winger and put him put him at right back or whatever. But a central midfielder at right back, nah, never gonna happen. See, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you here and say it wasn't a Nagelsmann issue. I think when you've got Serge Gnabry hitting the post from less than a yard. Oh well, I I wasn't get I wasn't I was gonna get to that I was gonna get to that. Oh, okay. don't, but, don't, yeah, don't I don't. Worry. I think it was more of a we're better than these guys, so we sort of don't have to put the effort in. Oh, probably because I mean, if if you take a look at that game on the whole, you know, Bayern like or at least the first half, Bayern were business as usual. The only thing that wasn't happening was the goals. I mean, Kevin Trapp made a league record ten saves. In one match, that's freaking that, that's ridiculous. You don't make ten saves as a goalkeeper, not 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 by any normal standard anyway. It's already a pretty big game if you're making six or seven, ten. Bayern were just knocking it at him from all shapes, 
in all shapes and sizes, basically every, every chance it was like chance left, right, center. And they were all just, he was just made. I mean, he had some unreal saves. The fact that he's not been nominated for the national team and bad Lino has don't know what Hansi Flick's smoking, but. Okay. Based off one game, I think it would be difficult because considering how Frankfurt have been this season. Yeah, but I'm I'm sorry. I, you can you can hold me to this all day every day. Kevin Tupp is miles better than Bad Leno. Is that a weird that, career? Because wasn't he at PSG at one point? Yeah, he, he was he was he was in goal for uh, the drama of the six-one against Barcelona. Funnily enough. Oh, you don't want that on your CV. They really don't. The thing was though that PSG actually paid. I think. I, I want to say they paid not bad money for him. I mean, considering the fact that it was Eintracht Frankfurt who he was playing for, they paid 15 million, which for a goalkeeper from at the time, a mid table to Europa League side, not bad. And I mean, I'd say he was worth it because he was, he was definitely good. And I mean, he, yeah, he played for PSG and then he went back to Frankfurt um, you know, you have to. You just have to say it was. It was. Uh, it was probably the best move he could have made because I don't know why, but Alphonse Ariola was getting game time in over him. I guess then, we'll never know. So I know, I and wanna... then you got Kayla Navas, but yeah. I want to talk about the missed opportunities. We'll talk about the goals in a minute. Oh, the missed opportunities. it's just unbelievable. I mean, it's just one of those games. At some point, you know that every team who basically steamrolls through the league, at some point, they're going to have that one game where you're just kind of like, ah, just what's going on? What? What? I mean, Gnabry hits the post. You said it. He hits the post from like a yard out. Why? (laughs) That goes in 9.9 times out of 10. Well, if he had that on the 99 times, he'd bang it in all, all 99 of them. There's no oh yeah, no question about it. Lewandowski had a few. Lewandowski had a couple where he put it, you know, you, where, where everyone's already on their feet screaming because they know he's going to make it in and then somehow Trapp gets to it. I mean, given some of them were relatively central so that Trapp still has a chance, which is also unlike Lewandowski. Usually Lewandowski leaves the goalkeeper no chance. And funnily enough, he was on track to score, it, to break get Müller's record of 16 matches, uh, 16 Bundesliga matches in a row with at least one goal. And now Lewandowski is on a two-match drought and didn't break the record. Get rid of him. He's, he's past it. He's clapped. <laughs> get him out. Yeah, no, no, I mean that that's just to be fair, that last that last statement was a bit of clickbait, to be honest. It was uh you know, he he's a striker who's bagged them in so continuously that you know I think he's allowed to have a couple of games where he just, you know, he's off it. But you wanted to talk about the goals. I did. And uh when the buying goal went in, when Leon Goretzka scored, it was quite a nice goal, you know, Muller to Lewandowski. Perfect weighted pass, and he just ran onto it. Oh yeah, needed but, for Goretzka as well. And at that point, I I said on uh, on comms. At that point, I said, okay, 
Here Surely, we go. you know, the, the, the thing is now they've got to stop the floodgates opening and stop this becoming a how much. Yeah. Because it had just been constant peppering. And then they went right up the other end. Upa Mercado had a nightmare game as well, by the way. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, in all honesty, he's had a couple of good games, but on the whole, I'd already say he's bringing more of a wild side to Bayern's defense rather than stabilizing it. You know, he's, he's got a bit, I mean, he doesn't bomb forward as much, but it, it's something, there's a, there's a wildness, like, it, like he's like a, like, you know, he's an untamed puppy, if that makes sense. Like he's, he's definitely got his moments and, you know, he's, he's definitely got, you know, the skill level. I, I definitely give him that, but it's getting that skill level or it's getting him to produce that skill level week in, week out and not having, you know, crazy moments almost every match. Yeah, there was a naive, almost a naivety from him in the lead up to Hinterlegger's goal. Oh, he left him completely open. Where, where he, well, he goes to close down Philip Kostic instead of trying to show him, show him out. He closes him down and that's how they get the corner. And then, yeah, he loses Hinteregger for the goal. A completely I'm sorry. unmarked Hint- header. Hinteregger, attacking-wise, is useless until you put the ball in the air. Then the guy is lethal. He scored He's two a against Bayern, didn't he, when they lost 5-2? Yeah. He got the two. But that, that, this is what I mean, right? It's just... You also have to say, Frankfurt, they didn't win in Munich for 20 years. Nagelsmann out. <laughs> I mean, having... I'll, I'll have to wait till the end of the season, obviously, to, to see where my, where my prediction. But I, I predicted... I mean, I predicted that Nagelsmann and Bayern doesn't work and that he's gone by the end of the season. And, you know, so far, it's looking as if I'm going to be eating my words at the end of the season because... Save for the Frankfurt game, they've been playing unbelievably. Um, but you know, this game was just the anomaly because it's it just wasn't the, the second half. Bayern looked on not like they looked really unsteady, they didn't look like they had a clear plan. It was a bit hectic all over the place. So, I don't know, I don't know what Nagelsmann changed in the in the in the changing room at halftime or what he said or what changes he wanted to make. I don't know what happened, but it was all a bit hectic for me. And then Philip Kostic's winner. If, if you were to, if someone had never seen Philip Kostic play and you were to show them any goal that summed up Philip Kostic, it would be that goal because he's done it more times than I can count, where he just cuts across with his left foot into the opposite bottom corner. It really is. I mean, you just Neuer have should to... have done better, though. I was, about, I was about to say, the main thing with this goal is Neuer should have done so much better. It was a clear, clear mistake by him. You can't say it in any other way. He doesn't uh, make he... many. He doesn't make many, but I mean, seeing as seeing seeing as the way the or by looking looking at the rest of the team, Lewandowski's missing chances that he normally puts away in his sleep. Serge Gnabry puts one on the post that he'll make, as you said, ninety nine times out of hundred, and Neuer makes a mistake. That pretty much sums up the game. Everything that had to happen for Bayern to lose did. 
And it just still goes to show that at the end of the day, in the Bundesliga, and I also believe in the Champions League, Bayern are their main competitor, basically. They, are, they themselves are their own competitor. Because there, no, there are not many teams right now who would actually be able to beat Bayern and say they beat Bayern because they were better than them. So you think this is a case of Bayern shooting themselves in the foot, not 100%. Frankfurt being... being Frankfurt, were, Frankfurt were, were ice cold and taking the, chance, the chances that they had. But put it this way, to get the chances they had, they had, they had to, or basically it was individual mistakes by Bayern. The fact that they took those chances, all credit to them. But for them to get into those positions to take those chances they required help from Bayern basically by Bayern mistake by Bayern players making their own mistakes. So at the end of the day, it wasn't Frankfurt who played some brilliant football to put the ball in the back of the net. No, no. They relied on Bayern mistakes. At the end, I mean, you go up to any Frankfurt fan, they'll tell you, we don't care. We'll take it. And rightly so, because it's three points in Munich, which not many teams will be able to say they've gotten at the end of the season. But, you know, it, I think it still remains to be seen. You know, I, right now in Europe, probably only Liverpool and City would, would be able to, would be able to uh, beat them, I'd say. I don't know. The longer they play Nicholas Sula at right back. I mean, he's done pretty well this season compared to last few. Yeah, yes. But that's probably because he stopped bitching and moaning about it and just accepted it for what it is. I mean, did you see the texts that came out? <laughs> oh, those are the texts you want to see from a Bayern player. Ooh, Jesus. I mean, the, to be fair, I think it's unfair because these are private texts that probably were never meant to be. I mean, I say probably. They were never meant for the public eye. They were never meant for anything. And, and then it's because there is some uh, legal issue with his management team and and, uh, and and something or other and it's just that as part of that investigation those texts came to light but I mean it's kind of damning when when someone says you know get me out of here I want you to find me a move I'll take anything Chelsea Spurs even Arsenal I mean if you're a but if you're a Bayern and you're saying you'll take even Arsenal just because you want to move to the Prem fuck me it really is that bad yeah Speaking of botched transfers, I just want to talk about Philip Kostic quick because we haven't covered this. Oh yeah, you, you know, do you know the story? Yeah, it was. It's, it's comical. It's almost as comical as David de Gea's uh, botched transfer to Real Madrid because of a broken fax machine. Or no, no, what was it broken? No, it was a two. It was it was three minutes too late. Yeah, it was, it was a faulty fax machine in an era where email exists. Jesus Christ. Well, to be fair, they had to fax the signatures, but I mean, do they not have a scanner? I'm, I refuse to believe that. At, I was about to say, I, would, I refuse to believe that at the Manchester United facilities, they don't have a printer that also has a scanner. It's also, a scanner is built in. Like, no. Fuck knows. So, <laughs> for those that don't know, what was it? Was it deadline day or like a week before the deadline or something like that? I was closer to deadline day. Kostic was meant to go to Lazio. So it had all been like agreed in that. And 
And then it didn't happen. And from Lazio's side, they said, oh, they purposely gave us the wrong email address in an attempt to try and get, probably to get Kostic to like try and force something through. That's a major <laughs> accusation as well. But, but now it's come out that, here we go. I'll read it. When Lazio originally emailed their offer last week, it was sent to eintrachtfrankfurt.de instead of eintrachtfrankfurt.de. Because the letter K does not exist in the Italian alphabet. Mate, have you not heard of copy and paste? Also, that that reminds me of another one. Was uh, was it Galatasaray who wired three point five million to a car dealership instead of <laughs> another team for the transfer fee? And then the car dealership was like, "You guys wired us three point five mil. I don't give a fuck. You guys aren't getting. You're not getting it back. <laughs> you just wouldn't give it back, though, would you? No. And to be fair, do they have any legal grounds to like? I don't know. No, they don't because if. It's like if I was to um, if I was to wire you, you know, fifty euros by mistake, if I meant to send it to my brother whose name's spelled the same. That's actually like, true, ladies and gentlemen. Like, that is true. Oh, by the way, can I have that back? There's nothing. You're well in your rights to go. No. You you transferred the money to me. It's in my account. I've you, already you spent it. transferred it. <laughs> So, yeah, he was some sort of, like, ridiculous villain for Frankfurt fans for, like, two weeks. Yeah, until he started producing, and then it's all forgotten. I think it's because after Lazio claimed that they were given the wrong email address, his agent piped up as well. Oh, they they gave all the away. There were some WhatsApps leaked then as well. Jesus. Like Kostic saying he was going to refuse to train. and Oh, that's striking BS again as well. So, yeah, it's all fun in Germany. <laughs> Players demanding moves to Arsenal of all teams. Jesus. Well, not as fun as Karim Adeyemi because that kid is having, as they would say in Newcastle, a wheel of a time. That sounded more Irish, but we'll let you have that. Okay, well, I tried. I did my best. So the kid has now scored in 16, in 16 matches across all competitions, 11 goals, and has two assists. Given he plays for RB Salzburg, so, you know, Austrian Bundesliga, obviously not one of the top five leagues, but he's also done it in the Champions League. And the kid is now on the list of Bayern, Dortmund, and RB Leipzig. How Bayern and Dortmund even think they're in the running, I don't know because he's playing for the sister club of of Leipzig. The Red Bull are obviously going to make sure that he goes to Leipzig, if at all. Yeah, but did we not say that about Erling Haaland as well? True. Very true. So, you know, just because they, you know, are owned by the same people, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, Adiemi also has a, a Bayern history. He was uh, in the Bayern youth system before going to uh, Red Bull. Yeah, but there's no way he goes back to Bayern. Nah, because he probably wouldn't get in over uh, over Musiala. And, I was going to say, he'd, be, he'd be behind Jamal Musiala straight away. 
Yeah, I was about to say there's no, yeah, it's not a very appealing situation for a 19 year old to move to Bayern. I mean, whereas, yeah, yeah. whereas Dortmund are gagging for one. Well, (laughs) potential replacement for Haaland, maybe. Yeah, but he's not a striker, is he? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, in the sense of a player that will still get you goals and. Yeah, but I mean, if put it this way, even if he's a center attacking mid who would slot in right away, I doubt he would produce the same amount of goals. I mean, well, no striker other than Lewandowski right now probably will produce the same amount of goals. Maybe Karim Benzema, maybe, but no one produces that many goals other than those two or three. Holland again, freak of nature. So okay, are we, are we are we agreeing that I'm not allowed to use that as an as a, an example anymore? What? For a player coming from RB Salzburg, I'm not allowed to go. Yeah, but Erling Haaland's done all right because he's some ridiculous freak of nature. I was about to say he's a freak. You can't you can't compare the other players to him. Well, I but, mean, just just look at Dominic Sobosloy. Yeah, although he did spend most of last season that injured, so I'm not sure that's fair. True, but how much how much has he done after he you know he exploded at the start of the season? Now he's just kind of like, eh. He scored twice early on in the season. Yeah, I know. And after that, not a lot. Exactly. Um, but also Sky Sports Germany um, or Sky Sports Germany's transfer expert Mark Bierenbeck has also said he's definitely as so Adiemi. He's definitely leaving Salzburg next summer. 30 to 40 million is the target uh, asking price. They'll get that easily. Like, oh, easy. no, no doubt they'll get that. And yeah. And Sky Sports have also, have also confirmed that Bayern Dortmund and Leipzig have all talked to Adyemi's um, agent. So Liverpool as well. Yeah, okay, but Liverpool aren't, don't seriously think that they, they'll get him. Oh, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Speaking of Liverpool, seamless transition. 2-2 against City in a game where at the beginning you have to say, did anyone really expect Liverpool to be beating City in that match? I did, like from the first half, hell no. Three City fans I spoke to expected them to lose that game. <laughs> Funny, because that first half... It was all Man City. Oh, yeah. I mean, Allison had a couple of good saves. And De Bruyne, you know, shows why he's not a striker with that header that went to the top row in the stands. But, you know, you have to say, like, for, for lack of a better word it was a peppering of Liverpool's goal. The fact that, the fact that City did not go up 1-0, unbelievable. Yeah, and then it all looked like it was going to be a repeat of the PSG game. Yeah. When Sadio Mane put them ahead. But all credit to City, they came back twice. How they went down twice is beyond me. I mean, to be fair, Liverpool, Liverpool's second goal, Salah just does some voodoo magic type thing and just dances through like five people in the box. Unreal. 
but you know the from the from the way the game went city should have won that and they they could have even they should have probably lost when ederson in the final minutes of the game he just comes out and completely misses the cross and then i think it was ruben diaz or or uh, or um or uh rodri who who puts in the tackle of the century uh rodri yeah to block fabinho because i mean if if he hasn't done if he didn't do that fabinho is scoring that because the net was empty yeah, it was some. It's like like he had telescopic legs. <laughs> really was. But our city now becoming that kind of team that just they do so much so well for eighty five minutes, but in that those those final five minutes, or not even final five minutes, but just those they for five minutes in the game, they just completely fall asleep, and then that's where they concede. Is that what city, what city will now become known for? Uh, probably it's difficult because to be honest, the season's not that old. So yeah, I'd argue that I'd argue that that comes from last season already, in the big games at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can, I I can see that, but I also think they've probably still got enough about them. Like they had twelve shots on goal, but only three on target. It's so, a little bit, a little bit weird for uh, for uh, Pep's team to have stats like those. Well, that's the thing. Like any any other match day, that's probably twelve shots on on goal, twelve shots on target, seven goals. Yeah, probably. So I just wanted to ask you quickly, uh, Edin Hazard in his prime, or Mohamed Salah. Now, what we're calling his prime. <laughs> that is that is so difficult. I'm not gonna lie. For me, it's difficult. In all honesty, because Eden Hazard in his prime was doing the same stuff Mozart. I'd say they were on a level. <sighs> so, do you think it's fair for Salah to be put in the top three debate? Then, if we take out Neymar. What do you mean if we take out Neymar? Has Neymar done anything to warrant top three? No, but you know what I mean. Like the, the typical established top three. Ronaldo, Messi. And then the third one, it fluctuates. You know, Neymar or Lewandowski or Mohamed Salah. Eden Hazard when oh, he was in his prime. Him, to put him in that position? Yeah, 100%. Because since... 2015-16, Eden Hazard has 54 assists and Salah has 72. It's, okay. What, what are the goals tallies looking like since then? Most Premier League goals since Mohamed Salah joined Liverpool. Jamie Vardy has 82. Harry Kane, MBE, has 88. And Mohamed Salah has 101. So... Yeah, I think I might have to revise my my answer. Probably I'd take Seller at this point. So, and and there's people like bitching and arguing. Like, oh, Edin Hazard, you know, Mo Salah's never done what Edin Hazard did. And it's like, well... Well, he has. What, what did Edin Hazard actually do? He won the Europa League. And he won the Prem a couple of times. 
Salah's won the Premier with Liverpool and he's won the Champions League with Liverpool. But and he's and he scored hundred. He's he's scored over hundred Premier League goals. So, like, I, and and this isn't. It's gonna, it's gonna sound incredibly bitter, but this isn't bitterness because we didn't get Hazard back in twenty twelve. 2012 or 2013, one of the two. But it's more enjoyable to watch Mohamed Salah play football now than it ever was to watch Eden Hazard play. I'd say that's a very fine line between the two because Eden Hazard had some some passages of play where you were also just blown away. But yeah, I can see it. I'm I'm gonna put a uh, a controversial opinion out there, and do well, let us love- know what you think of this. Oh, we love those. We love those. Edin Hazard's best moment for Chelsea was scoring the goal against Tottenham that won Leicester the league. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. He stopped Chelsea. He stopped uh, uh, Tottenham from winning the league. That's the best thing he did for Chelsea. Damn. Fight well, me in the street. I know what you think about that, ladies and gents. At me on Twitter. Fight me in the street. I'll take all comers. Oh, please. I want to see that. Yeah, I could see that. I could, I, I, I could agree with you. I could agree with you. Like, yeah, but, he scored some ridiculous, like, solo runs. Yeah. But the, I don't know what it is, but it's just more enjoyable to watch Mohamed Salah play football. No, it really is. Also, because I'd say I'd argue that Eden Hazard is too injury prone for, um, for that. You know, it's just Mohamed Salah has definitely, definitely gone through and done more, I'd say. And he's ruined his career by going to Real Madrid. But that's a topic oh, yeah. for another time. Let's talk Brentford. Before uh, I get on some sort of Eden Hazard rant. Uh, I wanted to quickly have a little bit, a little bit of, a, of a rant on my own because there were people who at one point, and this is, I, I remember this because uh, you mentioned a certain Harry Kane who has 88 Premier League goals in that time frame. And at one point in time, people were really trying to tell me that Harry Kane was better than Robert Lewandowski. I would like to tell those people to sit the fuck down because no, I'm sorry. Just get, get out, get out. <laughs> not, they don't, they do not, they, they are not on the level. Definitely not. There is one man who breaks the all-time goal scoring records for most goals scored in a single league season. And there is one guy who for a couple of seasons scores 25 to 30 goals. No, no, no. And now he's just tapered off. I don't know what the hell Harry Kane does now. He, he's completely screwed his career because he didn't get a move for, from away from Spurs earlier. That wasn't his fault though. That was Daniel Levy. And oh, Man okay, City fair. not wanting to pay. Fair enough, fair enough. But I'm saying if he doesn't... When, when did he sign his... I, I want to say he signed his new contract about two or three seasons ago, maybe, or was it two? Maybe at that point, you think about a move elsewhere. Because in all honesty, Harry Kane at this point... Tottenham Hotspur club where he where his career is going to slowly fade into irrelevance if he's not careful. Can I just make a brief point, please? Yes. Because Robert Lewandowski is six years older 
than Harry Kane. Okay. Fair. You're not going to dis. You're you're all right with that fact. <laughs> I'm definitely all right with the fact that the age is a final deal. Cool. So, at 27, which is what Harry Kane would have been last year, in the Bundesliga, Robert Lewandowski scored. Uh, in all competitions, sorry, he scored 28 goals. Harold Kane, MBE, at 27 years of age, scored 33 goals. Lewandowski got 18 assists. Uh, Harry Kane got 30, uh, 17. Sorry. The point I'm trying to make is Lewandowski is, cur- is currently just coming off the end of his prime. Harry Kane probably hasn't quite reached his golden years yet. Yeah, well, his golden years are going to be spent at a club that is going nowhere fast. Oh, no, he'll probably move. What do you mean probably? Daniel Levy's dug in his heels saying he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to let go at Harry Kane by any means. And it's just... Yeah, but all, all greedy money grabbers can be tempted by cash. Yeah, but which club is actually going to pay $180 million to $200 million for Harry Kane? If he has a shit season this season, Man City will just snap him up for about 90. Yeah, you got a point there. There's there's levels to this. And I mean, the rate he's going, he's going to have a shit season, so. Hey, he scored a hat-trick against the Slovakian champions in the Europa Conference League on Thursday night. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That sentence just sounds all kinds of wrong. (laughs) I don't know why I'm defending a Tottenham player. It feels wrong. Yeah. But he did win the golden boot at the 2018 World Cup for England. So and probably probably one of the last good, one of the last major things he's done, to be honest. It's the only thing he's ever won. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> sorry, sorry, other than an Audi Cup. Excuse me. Pardon me for breathing. Oh, god. All right, let's oh, stop this you- before this turns into Tottenham bashing. Uh, it's just, it already has turned into Tottenham and Harry Kane bashing, let's be honest. They were top of the league at the first international break. Nine points out of nine, no goals conceded, three wins from three. Uh, they're now uh, level on points with Arsenal. So, you know, do, do with that what you <laughs> and they lost And they lost uh, the North London derby. North London is red. Sorry, they're not level on points with Arsenal. Uh, they're two points ahead, but... They lost uh, the North London derby. From... Yeah, Arsenal were also bottom of the league at the same point. So... <laughs> Jesus Christ. In four matches, they've gained three points. And that was for the win against uh, Burnley. Wow. Wow. So, let's... Let's move about. to another team. Let's let's leave a team that 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 is making us both depressed, and let's go to a team who are producing results that no one expected of them. Brentford, they're seventh. I mean, who saw that one coming? It's fantastic. I'm all for it. it, it it's. It's all like Brentford have this thing. It's just like Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United when they when they were promoted as well. You know, the first season they had, they also almost make it into uh, the Europa League spots. I just hope that next season they don't get absolutely manhandled and they go straight back down. 
Well, I say the, straight back down. The, the only difference is, I think, uh, people couldn't handle the system of Sheffield United with the overlapping centre-halves. Mm. The players exactly. themselves weren't actually that good. Yeah. Whereas the Brentford players are definitely of, of a higher quality, as well as the, the, uh, the coaching by Thomas Frank. He was a relative no-name before this. Well, they beat Arsenal 2-0 on the opening game. Yeah. Which was hilarious. <laughs> and to boy, Ivan Tony, who came in and was like, yeah, I'm going to get some goals. I'm going to get like 17 or 18 goals this season. He's been more for the assists this season. He's got two assists. Uh, what else? Uh, then they drew with two goals. So you tell me. They drew with Palace. They drew with Villa, which was a surprise because I think everyone expected them to lose that because Villa were doing quite well. Yeah, yeah. Lost to Brighton, but Brighton are like what joint third, joint fourth. They all of a sudden started. I, I don't know what the hell happened. Now they're sixth now, but still, what what? Seven, 14 points out of seven matches. On average, they're making two points a match. That's pretty freaking good. Well, that's down to Graham Potter. Great manager. They then beat Wolves, which if someone was to say to you, Brentford beat Wolves last season, you'd probably go, nah. oh, damn. Although two seasons ago when Wolves come up, it would have been like, really? But this season, yeah. Wolves have been... Disappointing. Then they drew 3-3 with Liverpool. You don't do things like that. <laughs> but they went ahead. That's what I'm saying. You don't do things like that. I'm a big fan of Visser as well because, like, just over a year ago, he was out with acid burns on his face. Jesus. Which is insane. It's ridiculous. He then scored again in the 94th minute to beat West Ham who, again, are doing quite well. He's a year older than us. He's exactly a year older than you. Stop. I don't... Stop. Shut up. September 96. I don't... Stop. <laughs> because I'm sat in my bedroom, and he's... sharp. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Uh, don't you worry. I think it's a lot more depressing when you look at people like uh, Jamal Muziala, who is year 2003. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> I feel so old. Oh, it's just depressing, isn't it? So Brentford then have Chelsea after the international break. Chelsea, I mean, everyone knows what's happening over there. Top of the league, 16 points. Having, having an all right season, you know. <laughs> but not yet. It, that'll be an interesting test. And I think... Brentford, if they can, if they can, if they can anger Liverpool, they can definitely anger Chelsea as well. It's at home as well. It's at the Brighton Community Foundation Stadium. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue that name, doesn't it? Oh, it's just a freaking mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> but I think they're a good thing for the Premier League. And then you've got people like Jamie O'Hara on Talksport saying, "Oh yeah, the Premier League should be down to eighteen teams." No. 
No, so, it's just like, teams like yeah, that are then, just lost. Then you get boring games that no one wants to watch. I'm alluding to the fact that Norwich Burnley was nil nil. Jesus Christ, that's a game that I would never in a million years have even bothered to watch. <laughs> Someone said to me on Saturday that is the most championship game of the Premier League ever. Oh yeah, but you know, aside from the fact that that was a nil nil, you don't get people. Like, I think if it's only eighteen teams, you got to cut two teams from somewhere. So what are you only going to take the the winner of the championship? I don't know. You know, then you don't get Brentford in the Premier League. You don't get Brentford who beat Arsenal, draw three three with Liverpool, beat West Ham. I'd be I'd be open to see if the if you could get the Bundesliga to do that many to stock up to twenty teams because they're at eighteen. Yeah, but you've also got weird relegation playoffs which to me just sound unfair yeah but the relegation playoffs are fun to watch and yeah but if you've been that bad all season down you could just move them down well that's yeah if you've been that bad all season and you're in the relegation playoff and then you've got a team in the second Bundesliga who are like oh yeah we're in the playoff spot and then they go and lose by some fluky deflected own goal across two legs yeah no but that's that's the beauty of it because you can have it. There's so much emotion and it's so like you, anything can happen in that game and a team can still save itself, even though it's had a shit season. That's amazing. No, it's not. I think if you've been bad, you deserve to go down. You shouldn't have a last chance saloon to save yourself. Well, you have those chances as well in the last match day, for instance, have a, have a playoff from the second division, like a normal country does. I don't think the Spanish do it any other way. Uh, La Liga doesn't count. That's garbage football, and so is Liga. I don't care about that. It's actually unbelievable how the demise of Real Madrid and Barcelona have affected Spanish football because no one wants to watch that anymore. I do, but it's only to watch them lose. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So when Real Madrid lost to Espanyol, I was all over that. Barcelona are just a just a shadow of what they once were. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and I'm here for it. Uh, this is it's... this is your fault, though. <laughs> this started with that top to bottom dismantling in the Champions League. I said to you that night, you didn't just beat them; you dismantled that football club. <laughs> I, I'm still so happy that we didn't beat the Barcelona team of now, 8-2. Like, we beat a Barcelona team that still featured top players. Like, you know, Messi was still there. Suarez and was there. Suarez was there. Vidal was in midfield, along with Frankie Dion, Busquets as well. And you had PK, Jordi Alba. Like you, you had a top team in Barcelona in that, in that Champions League semifinal, and they still got decked. And the best part is Vidal's press conference. He was like, you know what? Everyone's like, yeah, Bayern are favorites, but, you know, we're Barcelona. We're going to shut them up. We're going to show them who's boss. And then just gets decked 8-2. It was the greatest thing ever. One of the greatest, at least. And originally, I wasn't going to watch it. Oof, can you imagine if you didn't? Well, I was just going to have it, like, on in the background while I was doing other stuff. I'm like, no, I, I'll watch it because, we, you know, we need to talk about it. Yeah. And then it just, they just kept going. I went for a shower. I came back and it was eight. It was like, oh my God. 
it was getting it, it it was so nice to see Coutinho score two against the club that that just screwed him over to, for lack of a better word. Didn't James Rodriguez do the same when he was on loan from Real Madrid? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's yeah, he scored he scored for uh for Bayern again when he was on loan. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, this is really random and it's completely off topic, but it's just come up on my on my Twitter. You've got to love when national teams play against club sides. April huh? the 28th, 1999, Barcelona versus Brazil. I'm sorry, what? May 19th, 2002, Mexico versus AC Milan. Uh, January 10th, 2012, India versus Bayern Munich. Eh. <laughs> yeah. And July 18th, 1999, Australia versus Manchester United. <laughs> Who dreams these fixtures fixtures up? Like, just what? You beat them 4-0. It's India. I'm surprised they didn't get eight. Was it like some sort of... Oh, it was a grand farewell for India's iconic footballer by Chung Butia, though it was Bayern Munich who stole the show, making it look easy by pumping four goals uh, <laughs> away on Tuesday. India have an iconic footballer? What? I don't know. That, that, I'm sorry, but the, the India's national sport is cricket, which is the most boring thing I could ever imagine. Oh... Yeah, I can't. I don't know why I'm putting in that face. I can't. I hate it. Do you want to know what also comes up? How do you you make a sport out of that? I mean, I can see why it's a sport because, you know, you still do have some physical activity. But, oh, my God, how you you can bore yourself to tears watching that. I mean, you don't go to watch it. You go for the alcohol and the sun. Well, but would you would you like to know what comes up as a people also ask when I uh, search for the results of India versus Bayern Munich? Oh, uh, what, what what comes up? Why are Bayern Munich one of the most hated football clubs? Along the way, Bayern Munich, despite their success, have become one of the most hated clubs in the world. The Bavarian club's ability for healthy com uh, the, uh, fuck it's out. Along the way, Bayern Munich, despite their success, have become one of the most hated clubs in the world. The Bavarian club's ability to command such authority with an utter disregard for healthy competition at times has forced a lot of fans to resent Bayern and the global brand that it has become. Okay. I'd love to see what they think about RB Leipzig. Oh, well, I was about to say. And this is also... mm, This is triggering me a little bit because... Every time people are like, oh, you guys are buying everyone good in the league. I'm sorry. Are we forcing clubs to sell? Do clubs have to sell their best players? No, it's because clubs at the end of the day are more interested in making money than keeping their, trying to retain their best players to maybe have a fighting chance in the league, period. Borussia Dortmund, prime example. Bayern are just the only club who actually have a solid mentality to want to win. The rest of them are just out for money. Oh, just everyone, they need to calm down. Sorry, not everyone can have management that are interested in actually winning titles rather than the profit. Coming from a man who 
repeatedly on this podcast has berated Hassan Salihamidzic. So, yeah, because because the guy makes bonehead decisions that impact you know the team chemistry as well as the performance on the pitch. I'm not saying the guy is out for money. The guy, I, I still believe that he thinks that he's doing what's best for Bayern in the sense that he wants to win titles. I don't have a doubt about that. I just have a doubt about his competency to achieve that. Well, I've got nothing further to add to that. So on that note. Yeah, we'll end it for this week. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to 80 Sports News on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, you know, after that lovely Facebook app outage, Twitter was probably the only app you could follow us on, but uh, we'll ignore that. And also make sure to head over to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify and check out our older episodes because, you know, if you want to laugh and you want to see what you missed and, you know, the little anecdotes here and there, it's always good stuff. And, you know, if you need something to have on in the background when you're playing FIFA, I'm sure our voices are, are, are beautiful enough to fit that description. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.